to believe that the Lord has done that. He said to Moses, our sister read that scripture when she was leaving intercession this morning, and I just want us to go there. Numbers chapter 11, verse 21. And Moses said, the people whom I am among are 600,000 men on foot. Not in a car, on foot. Not on a horse, on foot. They were walking. And then he says, Yet God, you have said, I will give them meat that they may eat for a whole month. They've been walking on foot for a long time. And all of a sudden you are saying, they are going to have Christmas. And they are going to have it not for a day, but for a whole month. All they have known over this period they have been walking cannot even compare to meat. And you are saying you are going to do this, God. How is it going to happen? And then Moses continues to question God, to ask God. And he says, shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to provide enough for them? How can you feed 600 men walking on foot for a whole month? Now you need to add the women and the children and it, it's more like God was saying, nothing is impossible with me. And I want to speak to you this morning that nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Hallelujah. So then the Lord, and then he continues to say to them, he says, Or shall the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to provide enough for them? No, Moses, God said, meat. Fish and meat are two different things. Fish is fish. You cannot compare Kampango to beef. God says, I'm going to give them beef for a whole month. Why are you bringing in Jambo? Why are you bringing in Utaka? Why are you bringing in Bonya? In all this equation, I have said meat. But it was because Moses could not comprehend and for sure, for sure, he had seen some things. That made him to begin to say, God, no, let's talk about another thing. Maybe let's just talk about you protect the people, you bring them to the land, but then, So then the Lord spoke to Moses. And I believe this is the word that the Lord is speaking to somebody this morning. And he said, and the Lord said to Moses, has the Lord's arm been shortened? I don't need to ask you, Moses, where I'm going to get the meat from. Has my arm been shortened? And I want you to understand the very same thing that God has no limitations. He does not run out of options. When he decides he will bless, he blesses. When he decides to open the door, he will open the door. And our brother declared it in the worship this morning. He says, he is a God that when he opens the door, no man can shut. And when he shuts the door, no man can open. Amen. So to Moses, he says, has my arm ever been shortened? You speak to me, has my arm ever been shortened? 
And then he continues to speak to him. He says, because of what you have said, now you shall see whether what I say will happen to you or not. What God was basically telling Moses was saying, if I don't provide the meat, then I cease to be God. If I don't do what I've said, I'm going to do. Then I am no longer God. You, you can decide, Moses, from this day to go and decide and choose which God you're going to worship. And you can decide and declare and say, the God of Israel is not God. He is just like any other God of wood, any other God of clay, any other God of stone. He is not God. And God says, I have declared with my mouth, and so shall it be. And the very same thing is being said, declared to us this morning. As far as the Lord has declared, so shall it be in your life. Don't be shaken, don't be moved, because sometimes these things take too long to happen. He is God. Hallelujah. And I said last week that when you read the book of Acts, you begin to see that the early church had a secret that made them to be very, very impactful. And we're going to go, we're not going to dwell so much on that today. We're going to go quickly to the other things. And I say you need to develop the same secret if you truly desire to live a life of impact. If you truly desire to live a life of non-limitations. If you truly desire to go beyond the noise. For you to refuse the noise. Sometimes WhatsApp doesn't help us. Sometimes Facebook doesn't help us. Sometimes all these things are going around that they, they don't help us. Sometimes, please, can you become a kind of person that when people are saying, have you heard? And you're saying, what? It's, so, 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 so. It's been going on for a month. It's been going on for a week. And you said, ah. You shouldn't be the one that said, hey, have you? <laughs> if, if you can, if you can ever be, have you heard? You should be, have you not heard? Have you not known? The Lord, the everlasting God. He neither faints nor is weary. And his searching has no understanding. Sometimes you need to close all these things. You have to. And these things I'm telling you, only you can do that. Amen. You need to take a sabbatical leave from Facebook. Mm. Say for maybe a whole month, I will not be on Facebook. Mm. Maybe for a whole month, some groups, you say, temporarily leaving. Mm. But don't leave the church. <laughs> we post prayer items there. <laughs> Amen. You just say for, for some time. I just want me and God. I was speaking to a brother of uh, just yesterday. I said, how are you? He says, no, I'm, I'm really fine. I just, he had called me and then says, I just wanted to let you know that I'm back in the country. Uh, and I said, okay, are you home? He says, no, I'm not at home. I just wanted to let you know that I've just gone away. I just want to spend some time reading the Bible. I just want to pray. I just want God to speak to me. And I said, Today I'm going to teach you how to pray. 
Amen. Because I said last week, there's one thing about prayer. You know, prayer, I, I, there's nothing I can say to you about prayer. I'm beginning to teach you. Even when the disciples asked Jesus, he said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, okay, when you want to pray, you should say, our Father, who art in heaven. He didn't say, I'll be praying. Uh -uh. He says, you have to say. So today, you will have to say. So please, later in the service, when I say pray, and when I say say, you are going to what? To say. Okay? Amen. Promise me that you're going to say. <laughs> Lift up your right hand and say, I'm going to say. I'll, I'll say what you tell us to say because you're teaching us to pray. Hallelujah. So at that point, I'll hold you accountable and I'll say, Ah, you say you will say. Why are you not saying? Hallelujah. So he said, You have to say. You have to say. In prayer, we say, Hallelujah. We speak. We don't just stand and keep quiet like this. Uh -huh. We say, Hallelujah. So what we say, the Bible tells us in the book of Mark chapter 11 that we should believe that what we have said is ours. We have received it and it shall come to pass. Hallelujah. So we'll see somebody who said it. Amen. Amen. We looked at the life of Jesus. We looked at the life of so many others. And we talked about last week, says that your life should run on the engine of prayer. Your marriage should run on the engine of prayer. Your family should run on the engine of prayer. Your parenting should run on the engine of prayer. There are a lot of things going on in the world right now aiming for our children that we just have today to pray. Hallelujah. And then I said even your business should run on the engine of prayer. Don't just say I've been in business for too long. Run on the engine of prayer. Let it run on the engine of prayer. I said your career should run on the engine of prayer. Your affairs in life should run on the engine of prayer. Even if you are in school, it should run on the engine of prayer. In the book of Ephesians 3.20, the Bible says God is able to do immeasurably. He is able to do massively. More than all we ask or request or imagine or envisage or envision or visualize or picture or conceive. And he says, according to his power, that is at work within us. Hallelujah. And I say, what God is able to do in your life cannot be calculated. What God is able to do in your life cannot be estimated. Hallelujah. And we saw the, the story of Rhoda. That the, 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 the church, as they were praying in Acts chapter 12, and praying for Peter, that a miracle should happen. And when a miracle happened, they had to tell Rhoda, you are mad. You are out of your mind. And then later on, they realized they had heard the little girl. So they said, no, no, Rhoda, we are now changed. It is his angel. Hallelujah. Prayer works. And we saw Hebrews 11, 6. The Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to preach it. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. So I said last week that believe that God is real. That's why I'm saying shout off some noise. Believe that God is real. Hallelujah. Amen. Believe that he exists. Believe that God holds the whole world in his hand. Believe that he says, fear not. I am with you. Believe that. Hallelujah. 
Believe that nothing is impossible with God. Believe that without God, you can do nothing. You should come to the point and say, Lord, I've come to the point of understanding and knowing that without you, Jehovah, I can do nothing. You are my all in all. And believe that he rewards those who earnestly and sincerely seek him. So after we talked about prayer last week, then we moved into faith. And we looked at the message version of the Bible, which defines faith like this. It says, faith is the fundamental fact of existence. Uh, it says, the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. Hallelujah. It says that makes life worth living. And we began to look at a number of people in the Bible who have done an, an unimaginable, incredible, inconceivable, unbelievable, unthinkable, indescribable, and undreamt of and mind-boggling things because of this thing called the trust in God. So today, I'll be talking more about this trust in God. Hallelujah. I want you to just trust God. That God is able to do. He is able to do. We looked at several things. We, we went to the book of Hebrews. So let's go to the book of Hebrews now. Hebrews chapter 11. And we looked at Abel. That Abel brought an offering which was more acceptable to God than Cain because he knew that this trust in God is the firm foundation and that everything that makes life worth living. Cain didn't see it in that way and God did not approve of him. And we looked at Enoch. That Enoch pleased God to the point that God took him all the way to heaven. And I said, God does these things. And then we looked at Noah in his generation, whereby God spoke to him and said, I'm going to save your family from the flood. And everybody else didn't believe it, but God showed up for Noah. And I said, faith will make you to obey God, even though the things he is saying have never happened before. Please don't build your life on the basis of, it has happened before, therefore it is real. God can begin to make things happen with you, that people can say, we saw it in her life. We saw it in his life. God is real. He can do these things. And people say, why? And he said, he believed and trusted in God. Amen. We don't lose when we trust in God. Hallelujah. We looked at Abraham, that God, when he called him to leave his home and go to another land, he obeyed, he went. Hallelujah. And I said, faith is something that can be passed on to your children. We looked at Sarah. Sarah was barren. He did not, she didn't have a child. She was barren, but she trusted God. Even though she was too old, she trusted God. That God is able to overcome miracles and still be able to give a woman like Sarah a child. And these things God is able to do, even in this day. He did it with Rebecca. He did it with Hannah. He can do it with you. Hallelujah. He did it with Sarah. 
You need to come before God one time and say, Lord, look here. You did it with Sarah. I believe. You did it with Rebecca. I believe. You did it, oh God, even, even, even with Rachel. I believe. You did it, oh God, with Hannah. I believe. Me, my name is Nasmango. You can do it. Amen. You can do it. Hallelujah. Amen. We looked at Sarah last week. And I said, from a barren woman called Sarah, because of what God said he is able to do, today there is a nation in Israel called Israel that in 2019 they had a population of 9 million, over 9 million. And they're scattered all over the world, the majority of them, that you cannot count them. Because the Lord said they will not be counted, they will be like stars of heaven. And God fulfilled that word. The Lord will fulfill his word in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And God says because they believe like that, he is not ashamed. To be called their God. May, may, may you live your life like that. That God will not be ashamed to be called your God. Amen. When God called upon Abraham to offer Isaac as a son. Which was a testing of his faith. Abraham obeyed. And I said last week that your faith will surely be tested. Amen. Hallelujah. I know what I'm saying right now. sounds really, really nice and good. But I also want to balance it out by telling you the truth. That your faith will be tested. But you believe and trust in God. And we looked at Isaac. He began to declare blessings on the future of his sons. And I said you need to begin to declare blessings upon the children, your children. Speak to your daughters and say you are not going to marry a drunkard. You are not going to marry a drug addict. You are not going to marry a 419 man. You are not going to marry. You will marry a righteous man. You will marry somebody else who works with God. And through you are generations who come. People will know that there is a God in heaven. It shall be well with you, my daughter. It shall be well with you, my son. The wife you marry is not going to be like Jezebel. Who will take you away from the Lord. You will walk with God. And God will do great things with your life. You need to declare these things in the lives of your children. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. Even when he was old, Joseph began to bless his grandsons. When he was about to die, the Bible says he confidently, confidently told the people of Israel that you are going to leave Egypt. And when you are going to leave, you are going to take my bones with you. Hallelujah. And truly they left Egypt. There is no Egypt you can be in that God cannot take you out from. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And then Moses, we looked at Moses that his parents know, noticed that he was an unusual child. We dwelled on that last week a bit. And then we looked at Moses, Moses refusing to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Because for him, he said, because of this trust I have in God, it's better that I suffer. For the sake of Christ. Amen. And then we look at the children of Israel. That they walked through the Red Sea. As though it was on dry ground. Today I want us to begin from this thirty. The Bible says in this thirty of Hebrews chapter 11. It says it was by faith. What is faith? This trust in God. Which is the firm foundation. That makes everything worth. That makes under everything that makes life worth living. 
He says, on the basis of this trust in God, the people of Israel, and God told them, march around Jericho for seven days, and the walls are going to crash down. The people began to march around. The people began to march around. And when people were asking them why, he says, because of the trust I have in God. The Lord has said he will fulfill it. He has declared that his hand is not shortened. He will surely deliver Jericho into our hands. Hallelujah. Even Rahab, and you know, prostitutes, I think they are not going to say to have an excuse. Because the Bible says in verse 31, it was by faith a prostitute who trusted God. Just, it, was, it was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. For she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And when she was talking to the spies, he says, Hey, your fear, your, the fear of what God is doing in our ministry has shaken this whole city. That night, she didn't sleep with them. That night, she says, I know there is a God in heaven. And this God, after I have lived all my life the way I have lived, from today to today to today to today, even though they call me a prostitute, but from today, I will be called a child of God. I trust in this God that you serve. He is the God of Israel. That's why I wish son. You can live your life the way you have lived. If you have been this far and you haven't died, God has got a reason for your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Rehab changed her mind on that day. And I love it later on as you carry on. He says, how much more do I need to say? And he says, it will take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon. Gideon, when they faced the Midianites, and the Amalekites came together and he had an army of over 22,000 people. And later on the Lord says, ah, they are too much, they are too much, they are too many, too many, too many. When you have won the battle, they will begin to think because you were a huge army, that's why you conquered. Send as many back as you can. And Gideon said, Lord, how am I going to do it? And the Lord said, let them go and drink water. And you watch the way they'll be drinking. Those, those that are going to be kneeling down and putting their bows on the side and their shields on the side, they don't qualify. But those that are going to be laughing and drinking like dogs, those ones, those, those ones that will be drinking with their mouth, nah, nah, nah. those are the ones you need to go to battle with. And there were 300 of them. And with 300 men, he went to conquer. To the point that Later on, when Zamuna and his other king, these other king were running away, he, he still went and conquered them. And he says, what shall I say of Gideon? But when you look at Gideon, Gideon was a man who was terrified. Why was he terrified? Because they had gone through a lot of pain. Every year when the Israelites were about to harvest, to harvest the Midianites would come. For some of us, every time we are about to have a breakthrough, people just dupe us. From today, I declare, nobody will do it. Nobody will. And I'm speaking it confidently. Nobody will in the name of Jesus Christ. If it ended for Israel with the Midianites, it will end with you too. You can't continue living life like this. They used to go and hide in the camp and see people coming to harvest on something they didn't plant. 
There are others who have harvested on things they didn't plant in your life. And the Lord say, enough is enough. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Say it yourself and say, enough is enough. Amen. Say it one more time. You don't sound convincing. Ah, is this enough is enough, man? It's too small now. Huh? Enough is enough. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, enough is enough. If, if this, this thing cannot continue like this, the Bible says, what shall I say? There was a moment when Gideon could not believe. He says, Lord, if it's you who is speaking, then I am asking you one thing. Like, like what Linga told us last week. He says, Lord, let there be dew all over apart from this cloth. And there was dew all over apart from that cloth. Then he says, aha, now I have changed. So Linga is not the first one. Linga, there was Gideon before. He did exactly what he did. And, and he tells God, he says, okay, Lord, now the Jew has to be on this cloth. Anywhere else, dry. And he was dry. And Gideon says, okay, I've stopped. Now I believe you are ready. I pray the Lord should do something in your life that will make you believe God is real. And, and you know, when God has done a thing like that, umakan, umakan. There is nothing you can tell me to make me doubt God. Because I have seen him do this in my life. You were not there. I didn't seek your opinion. I asked him. He did it. And I am the testimony of what God can do. And you come here and you begin to tell me God doesn't exist you are a fool according to what the word says. Because fools say there is no God. As far as I'm concerned, I'm not a fool because I know God does exist. You need to have that. You need to have a standpoint that will not move you. Even when you are tempted to fall away, you say, but when I remember what God has done, when I remember what the Lord has done, I will never. No, no, God, my Do you know you know it? Okay, I'll start again. When I remember what the Lord has done, I will never go back anymore. Hallelujah. I will never. When I remember, there's a preaching I started the other day at Fifth Clinic. The consequences of forgetfulness. I'll continue to sometime. But, but you need to remember, say, Lord, it says, count your blessings. Name them one by one. If, 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 if you can just begin to look back at your life and begin to see the things that God has done, I want, I want to submit to you, church, today. It is not because you are intelligent. It's not because you are so handsome. It's not because you are so beautiful. It's not because you are so smart. It's not because of anything else. It is purely the grace of God. Purely the grace of God. That's why when you understand more and more about the grace, you begin to avoid sin more and more and more. Hallelujah. He says, what shall I say about Barak? What shall I say about Samson? What shall I say about Jephthah? When everybody else wouldn't go with him in the book of Numbers, I think chapter 12, if I'm not wrong. No, Judges chapter 12. says, they came to accuse him. Says, when you were going to war, why didn't you go with us? He says, when I saw you were not coming to my rescue, when I saw you.
28. And Jephthah says, I took the matters in my own hands. And I chose, I would rather trust God than trust man. So I am wondering why you are coming to accuse me because I trusted God. You read it, it's in Judges chapter 12. And I want to teach you the same thing today. There should be a moment in your life whereby you say, Lord, I, am, I choose not to trust in man anymore. I rather choose to trust in you because, Lord, you are able. You are able, Jesus, you are able. Great and mighty God, you are able. Jesus, what shall I say of David? What shall I say of Samuel? And what shall I say of all the prophets? It says, by this trust in God, that these people understood, that makes everything, life worth living, he says, by, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. These people ruled with justice. These people received what God had promised them. These people, they shut the mouths of lions. These people quenched the flames of fire. These people escaped the edge of the sword. Escaped death by the edge of the sword. Why? By their trust in God. With trust in God, even in this day, you can overthrow kingdoms. Whatever is the kingdom, you can overthrow it. Whatever is, whatever, where there is injustice, you can bring justice. By this trust in God, you can receive what God had promised to you. The Bible tells us that the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. I love it that this thing, we don't do it in our own power. I love it. It says there are yes and there are amen in Christ Jesus. It says they shut the mouths of lions. I don't know what lion you are facing, but they shut the mouths of lions. He says they quench the flames of fire. When they threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that fire furnace, King Nebuchadnezzar had to say, I see a fourth man. I saw, I see a fourth man. I told you a story last week of Corey Temple hiding a Bible in her dress. She's not a concentration camp. And the soldiers are searching one by one. And she says, Lord, I pray that I'll be invisible to them. And they begin to search. They come to her. They don't see her. She goes through. She comes to another one where they are literally stripping all of them naked. And says, Lord, as you have done it before, I pray that I be invisible with her to them. And she gets there and she is invisible. And she gets in and she stands and feeds on that Bible. And one thing called Jemboom, which has stood with my life for a long time, says, when you are in darkness, remember what God said in the light. Because we go through the dark moments of life. Let's stop this thing whereby we think we'll just go through light, 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 even for you to sleep. Wasn't it because it was dark? Some of you struggle to sleep when there is light. I know there are others who are also so afraid of darkness. That they say, hey, let there be light. Some of them, it has been light from the day Jesus declared. Until the day you come. But, but, I want you to know. You, you have to stand on these things. And the Bible says, their weaknesses, because of their trust in God, were turned into strength. 
please stop saying this thing. Oh, but I'm weak in this area. Where I'm weak in this area, it says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Hallelujah. You need to be said, no, 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 I'm tired of this weakness. Let the Lord, because somebody has defined weaknesses as strength, stretch to the other extreme. And, and also strengths are weaknesses. Stretch to the other extreme. You may be weak in one area today, but you don't need to be weak in that area forever. Amen. The Lord wants you to live a life of no limits. Hallelujah. Amen. It says they became strong in battle. You are facing a battle, but you begin to declare, Jehovah is your name. Mighty warrior, great in battle, Jehovah is your name. And, it, and the Bible says, because of this trust in God, they put the whole armies to flight. Because of this trust in God, even women receive their loved ones back again from death. Hallelujah. It says God did it. But then he says, because this trust in God was so strong, others were tortured. But even when they were tortured, they chose not to refuse God. All the apostles, all the disciples of Jesus Christ, one by one by one, they were tortured to death, but they never refused the Lord. The Bible says they refused to turn from God in order to be set free. I've heard stories of women who really, really desired to win their husband more than winning God. So the husband was saying, because you don't go with me to drink, and therefore that's why I, I, this issue is like this. And the woman started to drink. Only to go and see the husband kissing prostitutes in her presence. If she could have just said, I would rather have Jesus than more than anything. I'd rather be his. I was reading a story yesterday of a woman who was left by her, by her, by, by her husband, living with three kids. And he said, I had to learn to trust in the Lord. Rather than disown my God. He says they placed their hope in the better life after resurrection. You know, if Christ tarries, all of us in this room, one day we're going to die. If he tarries. But I want to tell you something. There is another life after this life. Somebody say amen. amen. We are not going, we're not going to be here forever. There is another life after this life. And we better begin to prepare ourselves for that life. That we are going to say, no, when I remember what the Lord has done, I will never go back anymore. When I remember how I used to drink. I've told you before that I had a very good excuse in my life. Because any time I drink chibuku, and it was so funny that it was chibuku. Any time I drink chibuku, I remember people's names very easily. Any time. I'll, I'll, I'll mention all of you by name if I just had chibuku. I'll begin to say, yeah, 
Okay? Yeah, promise. Yeah, foster. Yeah. And people are like, hey, my dog, you show up when you are drunk. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was a lie of the devil. It was a lie from the beautiful. I had to turn away from that. I had to turn away from humanizing. I said, Lord, no. Even though they are saying I'm handsome, they are cheating me. They want to dupe me. I refuse God. I have found you. You are better. You are better than anything. When I remember where the Lord has taken me from, I'll never go back. And the people say, oh, we have seen so many people saying what you are saying. We will see. You say, ah, we shall see indeed. Will you fail? Yes, you will fail. But rise up. A saint, Don McClarkin said, a saint is just a sinner who fell down but chose not to sit there, but he rose. You have to learn to rise up in life, put away the dust and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I forgot I was your child. Please, Lord, walk with me. You will learn to forgive more. Because you know in life, people are going to do you evil. I don't want to lie to you all. People are going to do you evil. People are going to do you harm. And you cannot hold on to bitterness. And when we begin to pray shortly, I want you to release that bitterness. Release that unforgiveness. I was making a confession to another person the other day. I think it was my wife. I said, no, honey, my pride. My pride. You, you can see, I knew it was my pride. I said, my pride is telling me I shouldn't forgive him. My pride. And my wife says, your pride. I say, you my pride. <laughs> so you can see even pastors struggle with pride. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I had to let the pride go. I said, no, Lord, I will not allow this to drop me of my inheritance. I will not allow it. Hallelujah. You need to let go of bitterness. You need to let go of unforgiveness. You need to let go of pride. You need to let go of every weight and every sin that easily makes you to become entangled. And you need to make a decision and say, God, I want to live a victorious life. I want my life to testify of the goodness of God. And the beauty of these things is that when you learn to let go, the Lord begins to build character in you. The Lord begins to build you up. The Lord begins to build you up. And you get into some places and people begin to wonder. There's something strange about you. There's something very strange about you. Looks like you are not. You are not hurt. Today, when we begin to pray, shortly, you will release. Everybody promise me you will release. Tell me I will release that. I say it, don't cling to it now. Say, I will release them. I will release. I will release. Ah, you see, you're struggling with pride. Release them. Release them. Have you heard what I've said? What did I say? Release them. Otherwise, you miss God. Church, I'm telling you, you will miss God. Because until you learn the lesson, the Lord is not going to take you to the next level. No. Amen. I had a lot of anger against my brothers and my sisters at one point. 
And I remember one time making a confession at a night of prayer. We were praying at Pastor Sunda's house. I think Sister uh, and Mrs. Chenda, you were there, I think, on that day. Yeah. After that confession, after that crime, will you see what God has done? God has healed my relationship with my brothers, has healed my relationship with my sisters, but it was not easy. I'd rather tell you my weaknesses, I'd rather, I'd rather tell you my faults, I'd rather tell you my failures in life than my strengths. I'd rather tell you that. Because I struggled with it. I struggled with anger against my father. I struggled with, with that for years. I struggled with grief when my mom passed on. Until the day I passed it on to the Lord. For over four years, I struggled with grief. I would appear in church, stand in church and do all this. And people would think, hey brother, my dad, when he's leading prayer, ah, I was crying in my closet. I struggled with it. Not less than four years. So when people tell me, hey, you know, yeah, you know, we have a friend in Jesus, hey, for you, you have me. I want, to, I want him to minister to me. I want him to come through for me. I struggled. Don't pretend. Tell him, Lord, I'm handing it over to you. Say, Samuel jeered at Elisha, was jeered at, but he decided, I'm not going to leave this way. Say, some of them had their backs cut open with whips. They decided we're not going to quit the faith. I said others were chained in prisons. Paul and Silas. They decided we're not going to leave this trust in God. Said some died by stoning Stephen. But he decided not to quit the faith. He says, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. Today you need to pray that prayer and say, Lord, they know not what they are doing. They know not what they are doing. And I refuse bitterness. Hallelujah. Say some were sown in half. That's how Isaiah died. He went to hide. He found a tree. Ran there. Put himself inside. And they said, where has he gone here? Died with a saw. And as they were coming, quay, 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 quay. He was sown in half. He refused to give up on faith. Jeremiah fisted. Says others were killed with a sword. James, we saw last week in Acts chapter 12, he refused. And when his death pleased the herald and pleased the Jews, and he decided now I'm going to kill Peter, the Lord intervened. Says some went about wearing sheep, skins of sheep and goats. Some were destitute. Some were oppressed. Some were mistreated. But I love the next part of the scripture says, they were too good for this world. And this morning, I want to tell you, you are too good for this world. Amen. And it says the world does not know what we will become. Does not know what we will be. You are too good. You are too good to hold on to bitterness. You are too good to hold on to anger. You are too good to hold on to unforgiveness. You are too good. You are too good. Tell yourself, I'm too good. Now follow me now. This one, you follow me. Say, I'm too good to hold on to anger. I'm too good to hold on to unforgiveness. I'm too good to hold on to bitterness. I'm too good to hold on to evil. I'm too good for I am a child of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Since they wandered over in deserts and they wandered over in mountains 
hiding in caves, hiding in holes on the ground. And I want you to know this morning, you are too good for this world, and you better believe that. Amen. When things are happening, and big things are happening, you go like, I'm too good for grind. I'm too good. So, tell yourself these things. It's not pep talk now. You need to tell yourself, I'm too good for bride. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Shh. I'm too good for bride. I'm too good for adultery. I'm too good for fornication. I'm, I'm too good for stealing. I'm too good. You, you need to tell bitterness. I'm too good for bitterness. I'm too good. I'm too good for unforgiveness. We struggle with these things from time to time. But you need to say, I'm too good. I'm too good for these things. And the Bible says in verse 39, our last but one verse says, All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. But you know what? That reputation issue being talked about here, this is how I put it. I heard from Dr. David Jeremiah within the week, he says, Live your life in a way that you continue living after living. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Says, live your life that you continue living after living. That people will say, The man walked with God. That people will say, if Sister Joanna was here, what would she have said? Hallelujah. That people, when they come to Area 18 Cemetery, because someone else in the church has died, and the pastor of your grave, they say, this man lived for Christ. Because there are also others that people go and they go like We hope you are doing well in hell. It shouldn't happen to you. Hallelujah. It shouldn't happen to you. Let people say he lived for Christ. She lived for Christ. He or she faced everything that life could throw at her. But she declared, I'll rather says in verse 40, says, for God had something better in mind for us, so that they will not reach perfection without us. I will shortly, I, will not, I want us to pray. Because there is a man in the Bible, his name is Jabez. The Bible tells us that his mother bore him in pain. And that's how she gave him the name Jabez. But in 1 Chronicles chapter 10, 4 verse 10, the Bible says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, and that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. This morning I want us to pray. I say, Lord, grant this. One day Jabez discovered that this faith works. 
One day Jabez discovered, when he discovered that life is not worth living without trusting God, he developed a genuine prayer life and he never allowed his past to dictate his future. Church, I want you to be set free. Don't allow your past to dictate your future. Your past is your past. Hallelujah. Your past is what? Your past. And what is past? Answer me. What is past? Huh? What is past? When you say it's past, what do we mean? It's past. It's past. We walked. We passed. We are no longer there. We are gone. Right now we are walking with Jesus. And he's changing us day by day. Where we were last year in our walk with God is not where we are today in our walk with God and we will not allow our past to drag us to the past. We would rather go forward with Christ. Amen. You can't change your history. Somebody said history is his story. Let people say, yeah, he didn't start well in life, but he ended well. And I want to tell you one thing that happens with life is this. People may forget how you came in this world, but they don't forget how you left. Amen. Hallelujah. Jabez knew that and said, Lord, I'm not allowed. So it became a secret for him to accomplish great things in his life. Hallelujah. Amen. God is able to heal any wound. God is able to heal any anger. God is able to heal any abuse. Even if you have gone through abuse, Today I want you to give that abuse to God. God is able to heal it. God is able to heal envy. God is able to heal fear. God is able to heal guilt. Sometimes as children of God, we struggle with guilt. And yet the Bible says in Romans 8 verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Somebody tell, tell yourself, I am not condemned. I am loved by God. Follow me now church. Follow me. I am not condemned. I am not condemned. I am not condemned. I am loved by God. Receive your freedom this morning. Hallelujah. No matter what you have struggled with all these years, don't allow your past to dictate your future. Hallelujah. You don't need to live a life of depression. God came to set you free. So let's just stand. I will need only the keyboard. Only the keyboard. I want you to stand because I want to hear you pray. I don't want you to hide behind the instruments. We'll pray for about 15 minutes. How many minutes? Each prayer point will have five minutes. How many minutes? Five minutes. Hallelujah, church. I want only keyboard. Keyboard. Only keyboard. I want only keyboard. I want only keyboard. And you're going to pray. Hallelujah. Promise me I will pray, Pastor. Promise I will pray. I'll not, I'll not, I'll pray. Hallelujah. Because I've got some really nice three prayer points. We'll pray the prayers that Jabez prayed. And then after that, I'll pray for you. Hallelujah. But then the Bible says, Jabez called upon God and said, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. And I want you to understand this because sometimes we struggle with this. As far as I am concerned and according to God, Asking for blessing is absolutely fine. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let this guilt we have of refailing to ask God to bless us end today. Let us begin to say, Lord, bless me. 
and bless me in me. Because you know what? God wants to bless your life. Hallelujah. God wants to bless your life. So I want you to pray and say, Lord, bless me. And, and he really wants to bless you. All he wants is he wants you to ask him. Hallelujah. All he wants is for you to ask him. Don't say, ah, doesn't he already know that I need this? He already knows, but he wants you to ask him. Hallelujah. <speaking in Spanish> 